0: Welcome to The Interview. I'm Andrew Damlin, and today's guest is part of the new golden age of Canada basketball. She represented Canada at the Tokyo Olympics, and she's entering her third season with the South Carolina Gamecocks. Her name is Letitia Amihir. Letitia, how are things in Colombia right now?
1: It's great. Um, it's been great coming back from Tokyo. I came straight from there um, to here, so it's just been great to acclimate back with my teammates as a new team. Um, and just see my coach being on my side for, for a little bit.
0: <laughs> yeah, you're mentioning Coach Staley, who I actually spoke with a few months ago, the head coach of USA Basketball. So you guys are, are teammates again, not opponents. And I want, yeah. I want to get to that point, but I want to kind of start at the beginning. Um, you know, everyone met you when you were 15 and had that viral moment of, of, with that dunk. But I wanted to go back a little further. Is there a, a first vivid basketball memory you have growing up in Mississauga?
1: Um, I'd say my first time playing house league. Um, I remember just having the opportunity to finally play with the Mississauga Monarchs. Um, I remember first time going there and I was just head and shoulders taller than everybody in my age group. So I remember just, um, one of the coaches told me to just start playing with the older kids and, and start coming a little bit more often and start, um, seeing if I can play rep, which is what we call it, uh, organized basketball. Um, but just remembering that time, I would, just look forward it would be only every Sunday um, I'd be able to play so I would be looking forward to it the whole week and being so excited.
0: Now your parents are from the Ivory Coast and Ghana um, were you the one to introduce them to basketball or did, did they introduce you to basketball?
1: Oh no Ivory Coast and Ghana is for sure soccer country so um, I played soccer my whole whole childhood um, but my brothers are really the ones that introduced me to basketball.
0: And are there any parts of, of those cultures, perhaps? I know, you know, Coach Daly talked very um, affectionately about your mom. She says she's a really strong woman. Is there any part of the culture, whether it's from Ivory Coast or your father with Ghana, that perhaps is embedded in you that you carry with you when you play the game?
1: I'd say the competitive spirit um, over there is really competitive. So you see in soccer is one of the, the, the biggest um, sports over there. So Um, i remember going back in ivy coast and you see people playing soccer outside with anything that they see um and just that competitive spirit that love for the game i think that that's what really translates with me
0: so that competitive spirit you carry with you as you you go more often you'll just go to house league once a week you start playing rep ball and uh, coach staley said that she saw you for that dunk when you were 15 years old um but she had seen you beforehand Now, when I booked coach Staley, you know, I wasn't sure. I just emailed the PR department and I had spoken to some uh, men's college coaches, but coach Staley is like a next level legend. And I'm like, I texted my friends. I'm like, oh man, like I'm interviewing coach Staley. This is really (laughs) happening. When coach Staley enters your gym in Mississauga, are you at all starstruck? Are you at all feeling like, oh man, I got to do something a little extra special when she walks into the gym?
1: Um, yes, yes, for sure. Um, honestly when I first started playing basketball I don't I didn't really know much about college or who was who so I remember just knowing of who she was when she came and visit visited um but I did not know the magnitude of who a legend like Coach Daly was until after um I was being recruited by her and just being starstruck at that moment still starstruck to this day I mean she's awesome um and she keeps building on her accolades but um, definitely feel that pressure when you, you have a coach of that magnitude in your gym.
0: And you mentioned, you talk about pressure, and you've said before that you chose SC because you invited the pressure. It's something that you, that you wanted, which not everyone necessarily wants. Where did that sort of uncommon desire to want to invite the pressure, where did that come from, do you think?
1: I think it's been something that's been embedded in me since I started playing basketball. Um, I've always played with the higher age groups um, in Team Canada. Um, You know, I was also the youngest on the team, and I feel like that culture of just wanting to be better um, in that environment of high-level athletes, you know, I've played with um, older people my whole life, and obviously this year just being with the Olympic team and playing with professional players, you are always in that culture of, you know, I want to get better, and everybody around you has been playing basketball for a number of years, so um, that's something that you don't take for granted and you definitely learn from.
0: So Coach Kelly brings you in. You actually come to SC early. You tear your ACL and you have to rehab. And to expedite that rehab, they brought you in on a little used college rule for only football players. But they bring you in. And another thing you mentioned, right, well, you mentioned in the interview about the dunk. You said that you were too shy initially to try it in a game. But your friends had encouraged you, listen, you got to do this. And, uh, and you end up doing it. Is there any part of that shy personality that perhaps you still had maybe? Because you came over as like an 18-year-old sort of underclass person, but you you weren't even a freshman. Was there any part of that shy personality that perhaps that SC or Coach Daly had to sort of slowly bring out of you when you got over to Columbia?
1: Oh, 1000%. Coach Daly may attest to this. I did not speak for months, like at all. Like I said, yes, no. (laughs) And that's it. Sometimes I'll just shake my head um but it was not it was because I was shy but also just because um you know you just came straight from high school and now you're in a different country away from your family away from everybody I mean that's something I've always been used to just with traveling with team Canada but it was something that it was done very abruptly like from the decision to go to South Carolina early to me going was maybe a two-week process so Um, Once you're ripped from your house, ripped from your friends and family, didn't have a chance to say bye to any of my friends. Uh, um, I said bye to my aunt and and some of my family members, but it was really a abrupt moment. Um, So obviously that's just a culture shock. Everything's different. Um, I'm a college student. So um, yeah, it was definitely definitely a big adjustment. Um, but they definitely brought it out of me because they know who I am now.
0: <laughs> yeah. So what Coach Daly said is you were quiet in that initial phase, and then once the summer came around and your class started entering the school, and you started, you we're still rehabbing at that point, but you started to sort of be among your peers. That kind of came out came out of you. And how do you think that has helped your game? Sort of getting rid of that sort of shy nature, not necessarily rid of it. That's who. That's part of who you are, but. How do you think that sort of helped your game sort of getting out of your shell a little bit?
1: I think just transitioning from a spectator to this is my team is what really changed. Um, Like I said, during that time, it was probably around December, January, I was watching South Carolina play on TV as a recruit, as somebody that was projected to be there in 2019. So when I got there, I was still in my head i'm a spectator like this is you know this is not really my team but once i started practicing with my team once i my class came and you know i had my name my name on the locker stuff like that i'm like okay like this is me like this is where i'm at um, i'm not a spectator no more i'm part of the team uh, i think that's when it really clicked for me
0: you're playing with the big knee brace the first year uh and coach daily giving you the minutes she wants to give you those reps to make your sophomore season that sort of year where you, where you really sort of thrive. And there was one press conference I watched from your freshman year. It was January 30th, 2020. You had just played Old Miss, and you and, and Coach Steely were, were next to each other. And you answer a question, you leave, and Coach Steely does the rest of it. And she says, you know, I'm not really happy with how we played. We, we missed a bunch of entry passes, just fundamental mistakes we were making, um, she's like, this is sloppy stuff. We need to fix. Do you remember the final score of that game against Old Miss?
1: Yeah, I definitely remember. It was quite a blowout. Um, but the thing is, I love about Coach Daly it's not about that. It's really about the end goal and and just perfecting everything that we do.
0: The final score was eighty-seven to thirty-two, and you had outscored <laughs> Old Miss thirty-two to two in the first half. But apparently, yeah. <clears throat> that wasn't that wasn't uh, quite up to par. Right? <laughs> So I think what coach Staley alludes to there and what you've alluded to as well is that the biggest battles you guys have are in practice because that's the best competition that the the end of that 2020 season, that was cut short. You were the number one team in the country made it to the final four. You're you're blowing out most of the teams you're facing, but it's those practice battles that are the most competitive. And I want to know the Leticia and me here, Aliyah Boston, practice battles that go on because she's got this incredible post game, this refined touch around the basket sort of can hit the mid range as well. Just an amazing, was she the SEC freshman of the year as well? Like she was an incredible player. Yes. What are those practice battles like with Aliyah Boston?
1: Oh, it's amazing. Um, we go at each other, all of us, we go at each other, the post players. We really take that um, as pride, just going at each other, because what we'd say is that if we go at each other in practice, um, we're not going to face many like us out there. So, um, you know, right now, even right now with 6'7 Camilla, you're not going to face many 6'7 post players out there blocking your shot. But once you get acclimated to that in practice, um, I think that Elias is one of the best post players I've played against. So when you play against that every single day, like you're bound to get better and you're bound to have an easier route when you're playing outside of that.
0: So as part of that training ground, you know, you, you, you come off the bench for most of your career so far, actually, you go through the whole first season with the big knee brace second season, you're, you're way more mobile. And then in March, Lily Grissette goes down with an injury and you get, your role starts to become elevated. And when I asked coach Staley about, I'm like, what, what, you know, you, you sort of thrive in tournament time. What was the sort of catalyst for that? And she said that you thrive on the feeling of, of being needed. And you didn't necessarily feel that way when you were coming off the bench in a, in a lesser role as much. Can you sort of explain a little bit more about what she that discovery she made, the feeling of needing to be needed?
1: Yeah. I feel like during the season I was kind of blending in. Um giving what, you know, the team needed if the team needed a little bit of rebounding, you know, I would do that. Um, but you know, we were in a pretty good spot. I mean, we we're beating teams pretty easily. It wasn't something that I felt like, oh, I need to go out there and, and you know, do this for the team to win. Um, I feel like when Lily went down and coach had that talk with me, it's like, listen, like we need you to step up. Like that led to fire in, in the athlete athlete's head. And um, I did just that. I feel like just going out there and, and filling that void that was that was left from one of a great guard. Um, but I would definitely agree with her. I feel like just being needed. And um, during that time, obviously, again, it was tournament time, so everybody's playing their best basketball, but I feel like a, a light kind of sparked inside of me.
0: Yeah, and that light sort of brings you through the tournament. The Sweet 16 comes up. Coach Daly is talking you up in media throughout but leading up to that game. Aaliyah Boston goes scoreless in the first half of that Georgia Tech game. You score 15 points, really sort of announce yourself on the not only – you'd already announced yourself on the Canadian basketball scene, but now really on the American basketball scene. And after the game – you said the biggest thing for me in this sort of ascendance is that I wasn't overthinking things. Can you think of the time where where you, perhaps you were overthinking things, and 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 what, how that translated on the court, and sort of how you moved on from that?
1: Yeah, I think I was overthinking a lot, um, just because I knew that I I was capable to perform, but I was just not bringing it out there. But I think feel like I played really freely and. A big thing I can say is Coach Daly just instills so much confidence in me. The coaching staff instills so much confidence in me to go out there and, and put in the work. And they have when you have a coaching staff that has so much confidence in you, you're bound to play a lot freer and, and with a lot more confidence. So um, I feel like that was a big thing for me during the tournament. They really were there for me and and pushed me to to become good.
0: And you talk about that freedom. And just from like an actual basketball perspective, you were playing the forward through the four spot most of the year. But during the tournament, you played some three, a little bit more perimeter ball handling. Were you excited? Like, wait a minute, now I can really show like a full skill set of mine when, when tournament time came around?
1: Oh Yeah, I was definitely excited. I, I like to play both positions, but I feel like during that time when I had to step up for Lili, I like playing out there and, and just using my athleticism to my advantage.
0: So you make it to the final four, lose a heartbreaker uh, to Stanford, but you take that confidence to the FIBA America Cup tournament in Puerto Rico where you just have an incredible tournament how much did the tournament the ncaa tournament and the confidence you got from it how much did that play in the performance you had in puerto rico
1: it was huge i mean it was a pretty quick turnaround as well um just a a few weeks later going back to training camp i feel like i kind of carried along what i had going on during the tournament but also um i remember coming back from the tournament and i was was straight to work um I, i worked with um our post post coach coach Fred and we're in the gym every day um, he was helping me with my main range and everything that I need to do um, he knows international basketball they all know international basketball which is a great thing about here um, it's a different game so um, I knew my plays I, I studied a playbook from team Canada and I showed it to them and this is where I'm going to get my shots this is where we practice our shots so um, going straight from the tournament um, going to workouts and going straight to team Canada I feel like it was like you know you just kept going with the momentum.
0: And it wasn't totally certain that you were going to make the team. It was probable, but that sort of cemented your spot as part of Team Canada. And you head over to Tokyo in a really weird, obviously, Olympic Games, um, no fans. And they kind of announced it pretty close to the date that there weren't going to be fans. But So you don't get quite the Olympic experience that I suppose you had originally hoped for. But you go over there, you play three games, disappointing losses, but... In I don't know if you call it limited minutes, you played 17, eight and 17 minutes, but in those times, you really had an impact. You were on the floor, basically, uh, like literally on the floor, diving on the floor um, all the time. Uh, You're playing alongside like people like Natalia Chanwa, who's, who had a great tournament and I'm sure is a nice, a great mentor. What, what do you take overall from that Olympic experience? I imagine you want to go back and sort of get to the next round, get to the podium. That was the goal, but First impressions, what do you take from that Olympic experience?
1: Just so much. Uh, Just starting with a long three months of isolation and hard work. And I was playing like a professional athlete. I was playing like an overseas athlete, just in terms of you're in different countries, you're dealing with time zones. So I feel like I just grew a bigger love for the game um, in, in that aspect, just knowing that um, it's a hard. It's a lot of hard work um, putting into this. A lot of sacrifices, but it was great because you know you're like you said you're surrounded by Natalie Chano, Kia nurses like who have been in this program and who have played in the highest level and played that where you want to play. Um, you get to pick their brain on a daily basis, and like I said, practices were extremely tough. Like we would go at each other, like a lot of talking. Like you know what I mean, like we were really um, locked in because when you have a goal in mind, you're putting in the work. To do that, so um, I'd say during that Olympic experience, I grew a lot as a person, um, just learning through time differences and, and all these different things. But I would say, on the core, as well, um, international basketball teaches you a lot about the um, athletic part of the game, um, the basketball IQ part of the game. You know, we played against people that were maybe twice my age, but not as athletic, but they definitely knew the game. Um, So when you're able to know the game and know how to play with a basketball IQ standpoint, you learn so much more when it comes to international basketball.
0: Now you talk about those practice battles. Do you you talk trash on the court during games?
1: I normally don't, but there was something about just being together for so long that you just start talking and chirping. And I mean, the practices were amazing. I, I really had a great time.
0: And so you bring that experience to your third year at South Carolina. You have a great tournament in your sophomore season, but now it's time to show out really. Is that your mindset? Like this is my third season. I've been primed for this. The knee, I hope hopefully the knees are feeling close to hundred percent, if not hundred percent. Is that the mindset? It's time to show out this season.
1: Yes, for sure. I'm continuing that momentum that I've been carrying around for a couple of months now. Um, I feel like this is definitely the year. Um, for me to show out and really show all the skill sets that I possess, I think that this is a great time to do it. The coaches have still a lot of confidence in me, and they always do. Um, and also, we have a great team to work around with. So uh, I'm just excited for this year.
0: And we wish you the, the best of luck with it. Uh, we I have one more question for you. We are Raptors Republic. That's the name of the site. And I saw you say that you ride with the Raptors since you were a kid. I was just wondering what your projections were for this year. Uh, obviously, a bunch of new pieces, a bunch of young, fun pieces. Just, how do you think the team is going to do this year? Uh, and your just general impressions of the team going into the 2021-22 season.
1: Yeah, I'm kind of bummed uh, about some players leaving. You know, growing up as a Raptors fan, you always look up to um, those type of players. And to see them leave is definitely tough. But I'm super excited for this year. I mean, our coaching staff has always been great. Masai, great GM, so he knows what he's doing. Um, I'm excited for this year. I'm always going to root for the Raptors forever. Um, but I feel like we have great pieces this year to, to, to build on in last year's.
0: And who do you think might improve the most? There's like OG Ananobi. There's Malachi Flynn who's coming in. There's Fred Van Vliet now stepping in as the, as the one. Is there a player you're looking out for that you think might make a, a big leap forward this year?
1: I'm always looking at Fred Van Vliet. I feel like just being his personality, being the underdog and, and you know, persevering through that betting on him I feel like I'm always going to bet on him just because of who he is and how much work he puts in I'm always going to root for the tough guy the one that you know puts it all for his team so I'm excited to see what he's going to do this year
0: well it sounds like you and Fred Vendley have a lot in common easy to root for <laughs> working hard and trying to show out in, uh, in a big year um, for, yeah. for each of you guys so uh, Leticia listen we really appreciate the time uh, you took out of this uh, busy morning you got going and we wish you luck uh, in the upcoming season
1: thank you thank you for doing this